drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. It is picked up by the line. Darius Slade's got it. Coming back right side, 25. Picks up a block at the 30. Darius at the 40. Drink it in, drink it in. Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Rolls to the right, Stafford throws deep. Got a man out there, Enzo, caught, touchdown to Trevor Marvin Jones. Stafford! Drink it in, drink it in. Touchdown to Troy Lyons! Drink it in, drink it in, drink it in, man. Welcome to the Detroit Kool-Aid, everybody. This is Griff coming to you here on a Wednesday. Um, another busy week for everybody. The Lions did some more uh, moves, and uh, just want to touch base with you on that. Uh, once again, it is Wednesday, so sorry, guys. No weather report for you today, but just want to let you know, as long as it's uh, pretty nice outside, everybody get outside, get a walk-in. Because I know, once again... Uh, it's here in Michigan. We're not uh, allowed to really go anywhere. So uh, take uh, take uh, take advantage of this nice weather. Get outside. You know, play with your kids. You know, go for a walk. Do something. Enjoy it before uh, it maybe gets cold again, like it's supposed to this weekend. But uh, other than that, a few things I want to touch base on before I uh, dig into the uh, podcast here. Um, first thing I want to say is, um, I know me and Derek will talk about this at a later date, but I uh, just want to say, um, you know, so long. Darius Slay. Um, it's been nice uh, here here having you on the team. Um, just one of those things, I was a little disappointed after they traded him. Um, do like what they got for him, though, and kind of reading up on what went down with the trade and how Slay kind of acted after that, you know, kind of speaking his mind, I guess, for lack of a better term. Um, once again, it just puts people in different boats. Either the people like either love Matt Pat or they, you know, hate him based on that and it just pretty much fell along those lines once again at this point slay um i appreciate you being here uh loved you man you know it was me shaking your hand that actually you know turned you into the type of player that you were you know uh so i was was glad that you're here you're probably my most favorite player on that defense i personally thought you were the best player on the defense other people may think different but um you know, I have nothing but well wishes for you out in Philadelphia. Um, I believe you will be missed, and um, I, I'll, I'll be sad that you're gone. So, um, especially with um, no more of the what did Slay say type, uh, you know, uh, clips that me and Derek always talk about. Those were always fun to try to decipher out and um, figure out right there. Uh, another thing just want to mention here is the Lions once again re-signed, um, was it? Ode Abouche, uh, once again, the interior lineman generally kind of can, he's that uh, one of those linemen that the Lions really like, that uh, he can play multiple positions, that flex guy, kind of fill in. I don't think he'll ever be a starter, or even if he happens to be starting for an extended period amount of time. Um, that means uh, the Lions offensive line is kind of in trouble if they're down to him. So um, once again, he's resigned. just another fill-in guy. I don't think he'll be a camp body. But um, could be one of those guys that um, you know is on the team. Could be one of those healthy scratches on the week. You know, happens on the weekends. Even though they are looking to do, expand the roster, um, active roster on the weekends by a few more spots, still could be one of those guys um, competing with uh, Garnett, who they signed. But Ben Schwal, another one of those guys. Um, Kenny Wiggins, uh, Terrell Crosby. It still sounds like uh, Joe Dahl. Once again, there's another one of the uh, interior linemen that the Lions have. It still sounds um, kind of weak 
for the interior on the defense or on the offensive line there. Um, still could be something that the Lions can look to upgrade. But that is um, something else that the, the uh, Lions need to look at as well. Um, one of the things I did want to talk to you about, what I just mentioned right there, was that um, the interior of the Lions defensive line, I mean, or offensive line, sorry about that, uh, I think it needs to be upgraded. Derek's spoken in the past how much, you know, Bob Quinn, how many resources he's put into it. One thing Bob Quinn did hit on was our, we had uh, Glasgow here. He was a third-round pick. You know, Derek talks about how much um, how much he actually, you know, how much he made. was. I think Derek, if I remember, was like maybe like, gosh, I can't remember. I, I want, I'm thinking $3 million, but I even think that's too much for how much he made while he was here. And how finding those guys who play – you know, up to their potential, but to a certain point where you can't, you can't really, you know, overpay for the guy to keep him around here. Glasgow was good. I really liked him. It would have been nice to resign him, but what Denver gave him, I don't think the Lions, you know, should have paid him. So, you know, once again, Glasgow, you know, another good player. Some people were disappointed that he left. I mean, I, I could see why it happened. So what I want to talk about is a few guys that the Lions may look at on the interior of the offensive line. I'm not talking on, you know, in the first round or second round, you know, you know, maybe like third or fourth or something is kind of what I'm looking at right there. If they were happen to go that way again. I know uh, Derek always likes to say you don't want to pencil yourself into a certain spot, you know, kind of like don't let the, you know, you play the draft, don't let the draft play you. So um, there are a few um, interior guards out there that um, – I would be interested in, you know, maybe like in the third or fourth round, simply because I still think the Lions need to improve there, and this could be one of the spots in the draft that they could look to do that if they were extremely interested in doing that, if one of these guys fell to them, and if Bob Quinn and Matt Patricia found it necessary to take this guy, or if they found the value in him. Once again, I'll just break down a few guys here that... um that you know, just looking at some of their tape, looking at their stuff, um, give you a few ideas of who the Lions may look at if they're there. Uh, once again, the first guy I want to mention, um, everybody knows that listens to the podcast. I'm a big Michigan fan, so I'll bring up um, Ben Bradenson, the uh, guard that was at Michigan. Uh, once again, he's a six-five. 310 pounds, you know, it's a good-sized guard there, you know, nice bulk of a man. Um, really liked the way he played at Michigan, you know, in, in the Big Ten. Um, but after, like, looking at some of his tape, you know, some of that stuff, there's a few things that, you know, obviously has some issues. But um, what I really like at first is um, he has good power at the point of attack. Now, um, we have seen the Lions trying to try to run the ball. We've seen games where they look to want to run the middle. So always looking at one of those guys who has a good point of attack, you know, good power that can handle the interior of the defensive line on the opposing team. I believe Ben Bradenson would be able to do that. Um, also, I from watching him, obviously from my lazy boy, as Derek likes to say, um, I, I think he's very proficient at picking up blitzes. And um, and it seems like defenses want to do that. They want to try to put as much pressure on Matt Stafford as possible, so they will bring the blitz. So um, having a guard inside that's able to um, you know pick up the linebacker or something on a twist. You know we've seen those where interiors interior um, offensive linemen for the Lions can't get confused, and there's a free rusher um, either an end or de- uh, defensive tackle just on a simple twist. But I believe uh, Ben Bradison is very um, proficient at picking that up as well. And another good thing is, I mean, we know he's a captain at Michigan. I believe he's a good leader, and that's something that um, could go well on this offensive line. There's a few other guys that, you know, 
you know, they might want to look to. You know, Ragnow's there. They just signed Hal. I don't know if he'll be a leader. Decker's there. Um, you know, he could be another guy that the uh, offensive line looks to as a leader. But if Ben Bradenson, that could be something that he could fill into. A um, few of his down sides that um one thing even like watching Michigan games watching that you know just kind of picking up is that that um sometimes he's just not as fluid in pass protection and um you know in the pros like Derek said is a very pass happy game which I believe that as well that uh, the Lions have the talent to be able to pass the ball and what they need to do is keep you know Matt Stafford upright you know he has had the back injuries you know a couple years ago we heard about the broken back last year another back injury kept him out and um you know, we have to keep them upright, and that's going to be the, uh, you know, the hard part if you're just not as fluid in pass protection. Um, he doesn't have, like, that really high-end athleticism either. So if um, it could be one of those things where that uh, he has a little more difficulty getting out in front of screen plays, you know, if he's looking to get upfield, you know, maybe to the second level, the linebackers, you know, something like that. It's, um, he, he's 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 okay, you know. He's he's just he's not that great at it, um, but maybe that's something he could maybe I don't want to say work on. You know, the offensive line coach for for the Lions could help him with. And like I said, you know, without that high end athleticism, he's just he's not that great at you know you know being at pulling either. If you're looking for him to get around the outside, you know, get up you know ten yards upfield to maybe get the safety of the cornerback, he might not be the guard that you're looking for right there. But um, you know, like I said, his other things that he that he does well, you know, point of attack power, you know, good at picking up blitzes that'll help him. Um, this could be some guy that the Lions may look to in the third round, kind of in the same mold as a, you know Graham Glasgow. You know, obviously they both went to Michigan, smarts and stuff like that. Um, the next guy um, I was thinking of was um, John Simpson out of Clemson. Now he's six four and three hundred thirty pounds. Uh, once again, that's another another pretty big guy right there that the Lions could look at. Now, um, once again, playing at Clemson, uh, everybody says the ACC is not that great of football talent. You know, Clemson just pretty much dominated everybody, and I'm kind of one of those guys as well. But once again, you know, he was there. You know, played in the college football playoff. He did face a couple good teams in that. So it's one of those things where you know he could help as well. Um, what I liked about him is that um, he's another one that's you know good at picking up blitzes. Seems like a lot of those teams in the South really like to do that in that conference. You know the NC States, the North Carolinas, the Florida States. They like to bring as much pressure as they can. They like to use those linebackers, especially Florida State. But uh, John Simpson, you know, I think he's pre- he's pretty good at picking up the blitzes as well. Now he's another one of those guys. You know, for his size, he's I I think he. He pulled pretty well. He's going to be the guy that either blows out the defensive end or maybe like right around the edge and he looks to take out the outside linebacker on a pull. He's going to be that guy right there. He's not going to be one of those guys, once again, like I said about Bradenson, if you're looking to, you know, you know 10, 15 yards downfield for him to, you know, follow behind him and take out the, the safety or something like that, he's not going to be that guy. He's going to be agile enough to get off the offensive line and take out the, um, the, maybe like the the end or uh, just the first guy around the corner, generally your outside linebacker or something like that, and um, so that could help if that's what you're looking for as well. If you're the Lions, and he's played in both guard positions, so once again you're looking at the right or the left guard. If you're not enamored with Joe Dahl or Wiggins or Bushi or Crosby or whoever fills out, he could be the guy that um he, that fills in at either spot. Um, next thing is um what I seeing 
his tape. Um, sometimes he can play a little high, and when you play a little high, you lose the pad level. I know everybody likes to laugh about that. We joke about that, but it means a lot, especially in the guard floor when you're getting pushed back, and that can happen to him at times. And another thing, like I said, he's another one of those guys that he's quick on the pull if he's if he's going a short distance. So that could really it also affects him. You know, once again, like Brennan getting out in front of the screen. You know, if you're looking for him to get out there to you know get out and knock down a guy in front of the screen, he he I, he just doesn't do that very well either. So like you know, Derek always says, you know, he's not that great at that either. But he's one of those guys that um, another. I thought he was a smart offensive lineman. Um, you know, once again, short distance and stuff like that, you know, can play either guard. He's another guy that you could look look for in the third round. That's that's my thought process on the guy. Um, another guy out there, um, this was one of the bigger guards in the um, in the draft, and that's uh, Logan Stenberg. He's out of Kentucky. Now, um, this guy's 6'6 six, six and 320 pounds. I mean, that's a pretty big guard right there, especially at 6'6. Six, six. Um, now, Watching his tape, I'm thinking, wow, six six, that's a big guy to go out and, you know, have at have at guard. But, you know, he's one of those guys. I know Derek likes to talk about him. I like to talk about him too, especially an offensive lineman. He's just he's your meat and potatoes type of uh, offensive lineman right there. Um, he's he's very workmanlike, but he's not spectacular at what he does. I mean, he's gonna go out there. He, he's gonna be one of those guys. If you don't notice him, means he's doing his job. But you know, sometimes um. You know, he, he, like I said, he's not spectacular, and, you know, he, he can't get beat. Um, he's also, he's a pretty tough guy, you know, watching him. You know, once again, the SEC, you know, a lot of people say it's the best football conference out there. Um, play a lot of good competition. You know, he was at um, the University of Kentucky, and Kentucky liked to run the ball an awful lot. They had one of those mobile quarterbacks, too, that did a lot of, um, you know, quarterback runs. So he also did a lot of blocking for him as well. So um, he had to be a tough guy there on the offensive line. Um, one thing, actually, after reading his measurables, one thing I really didn't like about him is his shorter arms. I know some people will be like, well, short arms don't mean a whole lot. But generally, when you're a guard and you have short arms, you, you'll have a little more trouble steering your guys opening opening the, the holes in the offensive line. And um, especially when you're 6'6", you think, you know, a guy with longer arms, but for a size, he has shorter arms. So it's kind of, I don't want to say odd body types, but... He he just that it really his arms I don't want to say match his height so that could be one of those things that really affects him if the lines were to take him you know opening those holes he's going to block somebody and then the running back's going to have to pick which side to go to as opposed to uh, Stenberg pushing the guy opening the hole that way like I said, with him being taller, it just leads to a higher center of gravity. Once again, that's that's going to affect your gra- that's going to affect your pad level. I mean, um, you play you know can lead to you playing a little high at times, not keeping low. And um, you know at six six, I mean, if you're going to be a six six offensive guard, you better have a really tall quarterback. It's a good thing Matt Stafford is, because if you get stood up, you're going to have a hard time. The quarterback's going to have a hard time you know, seeing over you to for the throwing lane. So that that's the tough part right there. But Stenberg, he's one of those guys that um if the Lions were to look to get him, he might be like a fourth rounder, I'm thinking. Maybe even a th- fifth round. But um you know fourth round I believe is his uh is his uh, high water mark right there. Uh last guy I want to talk about, just don't want to belabor the whole show on offensive guards. I know they're interesting, but um 
you know, they're they're not that great. Um, the last guy is uh, Darrell Williams. He's uh, the offensive guard out of Mississippi State. Now, um, he's a little smaller. Um, he's 6'2 and about 300, 310 pounds right there. Now, once again, Mississippi State playing in the SEC, especially the SEC West. There's a lot of good teams out there. So he's another one of those guys had to be, you know, a tough guy, for lack of a better term. So um, after watching some of his tape, what I uh, liked about him was that uh, for his size, he was really good with handling the one-on-one blocks. Um, I thought he did that pretty well, you know, getting out in front, guy, you know, the guy right in front of him, you know, because maybe other opposing coaches thought they could overpower him, you know, right in front of him. But he's really good at, um, you know, handling the one-on-one block. Um, I think he was. I thought. I thought he did pretty well. Also, um, picking up blitzes. That's another thing too. Once again, he's got to be able to do that in the in the pros as, um, you know, picking up the blitz. So, and it seemed like I thought he did that that pretty good. Um, and especially, like I said, um, with him being a little shorter, um, the one-on-one blocks, he, I thought he handled himself you know, pretty well against the power rushers. Like I said, maybe coaches thought they could just overpower him simply based on his size. But um, he's pretty strong for his size, so I really like that. Um, a couple of things I did notice, though, but um, when he was trying to get out to the second level, you know, he's not that great. He just doesn't seem that mobile not going to be that guy to pull around, you know, the end, once again, get out in front. And even I thought he had some trouble sometimes, you know, if they were double teaming and he was the guy to, you know, peel off and move out to the second level to get the linebacker. It seemed like he, you know, was a little slower at that. Um, maybe it's just his footwork, you know, the technique they taught him down there at Mississippi State, but that that's just what it seemed like that I saw right there. And like I said, with his footwork, he just he wasn't that great in pass protection um you know once again he was i thought he was a lot better run blocker than he was a pass blocker especially in um passing you know having pass protection in the pros that that can be one of those things that once again you have to do it and uh, i don't know if that can be coached up at that sometimes it can be some guys pick up on it you know pretty well based on what you had to do in college but um yeah i don't know he just just this tape it just seemed like you know his uh his footwork in the pass protection you know, it just it just wasn't that great so um once again he's one of those guys looking at him i see him more of like a fourth round guy that that's me these are you know four guys i was looking at and um based on you know if the lines were to take him on you know and where they were at the guy i'd be least impressed with if they got him even in the fifth round like i said that would be the logan stenberg he's a mountain of a man and just um he's um you know he's the meat and potatoes guy but you know um having trouble against you know um having trouble steering defenders opening the holes lines are looking to improve the run game and he might he might have a little more difficulty with that um, I believe all these guards would be really good, you know, I want to say, like, for lack of a better term, you know, playing in a phone booth. He's, they're all going to be strong at doing that, and um, I believe that, uh, you know, if they were to get Bredesen, you know, Simpson, you know, maybe, so, like I said, high, you know, in the third. Some people may think that's a little too high, but, um, you know, Williams in the fourth, you know, I think Stenberg may be a little bit of reach in the fourth. I could see him going in the fourth to some teams, depending on what they're looking at, but I see him more of as a fifth-round guy right there. So those would be four guys that uh, you know might interest the Lions right there if they're looking to fill that position. Once again, they have done some signings. They had Bo Benchwald as the uh, the um, free agent pickup last year, the undrafted rookie free agent that they pretty much hid on the uh, on the practice squad all year, or not on the practice squad on on the roster because if he would have been on the practice squad, I believe some other team would have definitely have taken him.
So um, with that being said, what we're going to do here now um, is uh, we're going to take a uh, pause for the cause. So once again, we appreciate everybody listening to our sponsors. And um, that way, um, we'll come right back and uh, we've got something a little different for you this time. So uh, give us a listen. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time, the Roast of Tom Brady, a Netflix live event happening May 5th Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Okay, everybody, we're back. And, um, you know, uh, looking at it... Uh, what I really want to do uh, here on the Wednesday, sh- Wednesday show was um, we're going to do a little bit of a throwback segment and kind of go, I'm um, going to play some old clips for you guys, um, some of our um, past draft podcasts. It's always interesting to listen to what um, what me and Derek thought in the past and where we were at, how high we were on guys, what we're looking at, you know, um, our thoughts and you know, our thoughts were on certain guys, you know, going into the draft. So uh, we're going to do that right here. I mean, the draft is coming up. Uh, we are doing our draft prep. I know uh Derek will, uh, you know, joke about it, you know, but I am doing my draft prep a little slowly, you know, Derek and Derek focuses on a little more than me, but, um, it's fine once you, uh, give these segments a listen, you guys, I know I'll, some of these guys, you'll get a good laugh out of it, I'm sure you'll hear some of our tags and the, and the, the uh, bell will be there as well, so, uh, give it a listen, um, that'll finish out the show, so I just wanted to let everybody know, once again, the draft is coming up, you know, listen to these clips, and, um, just remember, everybody, you know, we are the Detroit Lions, so make sure you all drink it in, man. I'm going to do the what I think is right, and I'm going to kick it to the big Hughes to uh, give us his opinion, hopefully talk us down, hopefully uh, give us some optimism here as the Detroit Kool-Aid drinkers, and uh, talk about the number eight selection by the Detroit Lions, TJ Hawkinson. Hughes, I know this wasn't really a pick you wanted, but uh, give us your initial thoughts, what you think now, where we're headed with this thing. Well, let me tell you something, brother. I might not have enjoyed the pick <laughs> to start off with, but the blood runs deep for the Hawkamania. <laughs> oh, yeah, I dig it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're right. It's, uh, you know, going back to the moment of when the pick was made, the anticipation was there, and then it's just like TJ. And like, oh. Just one of those things, right? But you know what? Realistically, I've had two and a half hours to kind of digest it and think about it. Um, you know, maybe at the end of the day, we're going to kick ourselves for not taking Ed Oliver, but realistically, we know this team needed weapons and they got a weapon today and a position that they needed. Um, I think Hawk's going to be good. He's a good fit for the offense. Uh, Bevel had uh, a plethora of tight ends when he was in Seattle. So I think just at the end of the day, it was the, the smart pick to make. And you know what? I'll give it a B, a B plus. Okay, some instant reacts there. Hey, Grifka, do you need any ice for your lip that you probably just bit right there? <laughs> okay. No, I mean, 
reasonable amount. Oh, wait, hold on. Bro, I get the, the bell was out of reach. I, I know I'm going to need the bell here for your uh, retort. So um, for those of you that know Grifka, you pretty much know the take. And those that don't like it, you might want to get the earbuds out. Grifka, I turn it over to you. The number eight pick, a tight end. Uh, you've talked about this. We've heard you. Um, go ahead, and I will have the bell ready and uh, cut you off if needed. Go ahead, sir. It uh, it fills a position of need. Go ahead. It, it fills a position of need. There you go. I mean, it's like, what else can I say? I mean, like you said, we've kicked this dead horse a million times, and they just go take another tight end. It's like, fine, whatever. You you think he's one of the top five players? And yes, and I've had some Twitter discussions as well with people and. I've actually some people are like, oh, you're one of those guys, or like, go root for somebody else. Fine, whatever. Go root for another team. Fine. It's like that. That's why the Lions are the Lions because people that say go root for somebody else, you guys are happy with mediocrity. Fine, whatever. You live with it. I mean, whatever. You, you, you got a tight end in the first round and in, in the top ten. You know, number eight. That from everybody saying like they got some great offers for me. Like, no, we're gonna stand pat and get this tight end. So, okay, go ahead. Okay. You got a tight end. You fill the position in need. Okay. Congratulations. That's a that's a bell for the congratulations. Is that all you got, Griff Guy? I've been waiting to argue with you for hours. That's all you got? Oh, I'll I'll wait for you. I'll I'll wait for your for for your sunshine and rainbows on this guy about how his bust is going to be in Canton five years right after he retires, and then we can we can discuss. That was just my quick take. Okay, so that's all you got. Is pretty much what you're saying. Right now. All right, Hughes, is it okay if I go? Yeah, let him have it. <laughs> all right, well, first of all, I want to say off the top that, you know, I've defended this pick in the past. It, it was not my first choice. But with all that being said, I'm going to tell Grifka why this pick makes a lot of sense and why it's a pick for our Detroit Lions. So he should actually, like, think about it, use a brain rather than just say, oh, it's a tight end. I hate it. Oh, it's a first round tight end. Who does that? Well, you got to look at the player. So we, we needed uh, we needed a blocking and catching type tight end. We got that. We got a guy at basically no money. I looked up his contract. Like we have him for what, five years at, you know, maybe 12 million bucks, something like that with a little bit of a signing bonus. Like, so the contract's right. I mean, the guy's young. He was a red shirt sophomore. Um, I, I just think he's such a safe pick. And like, if you ever listen to Bucky Brooks and DJ, they always say to win in the draft, you hit doubles. To me, this is a double type pick. This guy's n- never going to be a, a world beater, but he's also never going to be in the police blotter. He's never going to, you know, let your team down. He's going to be solid across the board. I mean, they probably thought they couldn't find a guy like this in any other avenue, free agency, trade, whatever it may be. You're getting a 21 year old meat and potatoes tight end that can catch the football. I mean, you saw those highlights in the block game. He's just taking people and, as we like to say, put them in the ground. Uh, you got to love that. We haven't had one a person like that forever. And what I'm waiting for you, Grifka, is to, like, talk about this player. You say you've seen him. You just say, oh, it's a luxury pick. Like, do you look at the player whatsoever or you just, you just see that he has a T-E at the end of his name and you just quit on him? Because 
I, when you actually look at the player, and then what I've always said is, wait till he plays football the season, and he's just a, a part-time guy that makes a few catches here or there. Yeah, you can rag on it, and then you can say, see, I told you so. But before this guy plays any downs, for you just to hate it because of the position he plays, I think it's ridiculous. So I, I would have went with Ed Oliver. I said that on Twitter. You know, I didn't really want a tight end, but I can see why they wanted one. And now he's just got to go out and play football, make plays, move chains, score touchdowns. And, uh, you know, he's got sticky hands, all that type of stuff. So I'm going to support it because it's my football team and it, it is a position they sort of had to fill. Now we're pretty deep with different types of tight ends. And now we got to work the, what, the next six rounds, the next eight, nine picks we have. Plenty of time to fill corners, defensive players, hideouts, whatever you want to do after that. So I'm that's what I got for you. Okay. Well, just to retort on your first your one point that you said that he's never gonna be a world beater. Okay. I, I can live with you're never gonna be a world beater in the twenties. I can't live with you're never gonna be a world beater in the eight at eight. These are supposed to be your stud guys. This is a top 10 pick. And to say, like, you watch him, once again, yes, I saw him more than just a couple games. I mean, he played in Big Ten, so I, I don't wait for people to tell me this guy's good and then go look at their videos. I, I see some of our games on Saturday. It you happens. Are. So I just don't wait for some talking head on the NFL oh, Network yeah, yeah. or Mel Kuyper, like you always use for me, to say, like, this guy's good. Go look at him. No, I, see, I, I watch their games as well. So – when you're like, oh, look at him block all these guys. Yeah, I saw those highlights too. How he's beating up the defensive end from Indiana and how he whooped up on the guy from Illinois. So, okay. I mean, I know you've picked on me for like saying stuff like, oh, like he beat up on this crap team or look where he played. Okay, he's playing, he's playing against the dregs of the Big Ten. They showed us highlights. Okay, cool. I got that. He can block against Indiana and Illinois. Cool. I got oh, it. Goodness. Anyways, so when you're like, did you, what, did you look at the guy? And I, I retorted back to you at one point. When do. You're like, look at the guy, how he fits his team. And I said, well, look at all those other tight ends that they just showed on the NFL Network, how there was like one guy who had a decent career, Vernon Davis, that they picked in the top 10. So I guess my question to you would be like, are you saying like when those teams drafted, when the Jets drafted Kyle Brady and the Cleveland Browns drafted Kellen Winslow and um, the Oakland Raiders took Ricky Dudley, the Lions took Eric Ebron, are you saying those tight ends didn't fit their need in the top 10? Or they didn't fit their offense is what, is what you're trying Erica, to tell What me? I'm trying to tell you is I don't give a crap about Dudley or the other 10 names you, you named off. I care about I care about. It's TJ. a trend, though. These guys do trend? not. All I'm saying is like a tight end does not live up to your stud position in, in, in the top 10. Oh it just doesn't happen. God. These are supposed to be your game changers. Your tight end that you're only going to use half the time, you know, is it, it's, he's not going to be your game changer. I mean, they're on there saying he's not even Gronkowski. Oh, they had Gronkowski. He knows what it is with tight ends Gronkowski. And people are like, well, he's not Gronkowski. Okay, so he's not Gronkowski. So why are you taking this guy in the top ten? I'm not saying he, he – I mean, he won't be a decent player. He'll be a fine player, maybe in the league for a number of years. But is he going to be your game changer? I guess my question to you is, not if he's a rookie. Let's say <laughs> he starts to get in the prime of his career, his fourth, fifth year. What type of stats are you looking for this guy? You always say, like, if he puts up numbers, it doesn't matter where he's taken or what position. If he delivers, 
What type of stats are you looking for out of this tight end, taking at the number eight position? Touchdowns, yards, catches. Okay, just can I talk? Part. What would make it Gr- worthwhile? Hughes, yeah, because I'm giving yeah, you time to I, think I of a number. I don't need any time. Think Griff, of your I could have answered ten minutes ago. Hughes, do you do you want to do you want to say okay, anything go ahead. before I light Grifka up? No, go ahead. I'll I'll take the seconds. Okay. Hey, hey, Grifka. So you named off all these scrub tight ends that didn't work out, and you also said your your top eight is supposed to be your studs. Aren't you the guy that always tells me their prospects until they do something? So last time I checked, just because you're picked in the top eight doesn't make you a pro bowler. Secondly, aren't you the guy that always says, oh, stats, I don't care about stats. It's about wins. It's about this, that, and the other. Like, I could care less what this guy's stat line is if he's moving chains, scoring touchdowns, if Matt Stafford has a connection with him. If he doesn't, I don't know, drop the football like your boy Eric Ebron. Like, I think we're going to be pretty happy with that type of football player considering the last time I checked too, our team's not empty. We have a really good defense already. Yeah, we can add to it, but we have a good up-and-coming defense, and we have playmakers on the outside, a good running back, and a quarterback that's under contract. So what did you need if you were going to add offensively? The big gaping hole was a a dual-type tight end and a slot receiver. So they took the dual-type tight end. So you want numbers – I don't care about numbers. TJ Hawkinson, again, is a is a mean potatoes fill for this team that hopefully is going to bring us W's, hopefully bring us playoff wins, and hopefully be part of a team that's going to do more than just win one game in the playoffs to go farther. That's what I hope for. What would you think? Give me an overall, and then we'll kind of break it down from there. What do you think about what the Lions did? Rounds one through seven. Well, we already know what I thought about the Lions uh... – first round draft pick once again we hashed that out before so um i guess if you really want me to bring that up again uh i'll just say all it does is to, uh it fills a need okay so there that's what uh that's what uh we'll go with that one right there um as for their second round pick um gosh to be honest with you i mean i know i said i watch a lot of football but to be honest i've never seen that guy play it down I, I couldn't tell you anything about him. I had to do some looking up after this guy. I had to, you know, pull up pull up some video of him afterwards, you know, which I did to see exactly what, uh, you know, what he did and some of his stats right there. So, I, geez, I, once again, I'm still not really sold on the guy. I, I don't know. He played in a, he plays in a, uh, was it a um, smaller Come conference on. out west? So. He did rack up a lot of tackles, though. So, I guess uh, the rumor was that uh, that uh, New England was looking at him as well. So, uh, I guess uh, we'll have to we'll have to live we'll have to live with that and go on from there. How do you so, pro- how do you pronounce his name, Grifka? How do you pronounce his name? Pronounce his name for the people. Make sure that you know what you're doing. Talking about <laughs> was it? It's uh, what was it? I was. The Tavai is his last name. I can slaughter his first name or whatever. Jelani. Jelani Tavai. Okay, continue. Jelani Tavai, continue. Try not to put the people to sleep, man. Come on, let's move this thing along. (laughs) Well, I know they're, I know they are, uh, they're, they're hanging on the edge of their seat. So, uh, that's all, that's all I'm doing right now. Um, so, uh, then, uh, their, their next pick, uh, Will Harris, um, to me, I mean, I heard, you know, just things about him, you know, big team leader, captain of the team, big hitter. To me, I just, I'm afraid he may just be another, uh, um, Miles Killebrew. 
I mean, I did see probably about, you know, four different Boston College games. I didn't watch a whole lot of video on him, but, uh, you know, it seemed like the game that he wasn't, I mean, I, I didn't see a whole lot about him. So I don't, I don't know if he's just another Miles Killebrew or not. So uh, what do you mean? Uh, you watched the games, Griff? What, what did that one game tell you that you maybe saw this? Well, I saw, I probably saw about four Boston College games last year. I didn't watch a whole lot of Boston College. I did see him play a few games in the ACC. Why is he so, Miles Killebrew to you? Big hitting safety. That's what Miles Killebrew was when they drafted him. Big hitting safety. <laughs> Guy's supposed to be a strong hitting, you know, big hitting safety. Oh, That's what Miles Killebrew was. You know, uh, sorry. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. Do you, do you know a that, bunch of different stuff right there? Okay. Do you know Will Harris runs like a four-four lower? I mean, I, I don't think Killebrew was that in, in that range. I mean, was Killebrew a team captain, team leader for four years or whatever it was? I don't think so. But but good comparison. Keep keep going. Okay. Will Harris also drops his head and misses tackles, and the guy busts the you know. He he stuff he does. That's one of the big knocks on him as well. He misses he misses open field tackles. So there you go. Anyways, I, I'm, I'm I know you probably didn't see that nugget because you don't look at the warts of the player. I mean, all you do is see the sunshines and rainbows. So anyway, um, Austin Bryant, the defensive end out of Clemson. I like that pick there. Uh, it's one of the you know besides filling in need. I think Austin Bryant was probably one of the mo- more underrated guys on that Clemson defensive line. Uh, other guys on that. Uh, on that defensive line, got a lot of pub. But I think I, th- I really like the Austin Bryan pick. Um, Awarie, once again, we were all tagging this guy in the second round pick, getting him where they got him. As you know, very very happy with that. Uh, Travis Fulgham. Now you're going to make fun of me. I only saw him play one game, and that happened to be the Virginia <laughs> Tech game. And it seemed like every time a big play was made, he was he was the guy on the other end of you know catching the ball. I mean, he's fast. Um, he 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 runs good routes. Um, but uh, I, I, that pick right there, I, I think uh, in a couple of years he could – I'm not saying he's going to be dominant, but I, I do believe he could be a really good number two for this team. Uh, Ty Johnson out of Maryland. Um, I think uh, he's got some speed. And Maryland – he was one of the guys that um, had a big game against um, Ohio State last year with with um, his good speed. So I, I don't know if that guy's – I don't know if that guy's more of the uh, Theo Riddick – replacement that we kind did of you, talked about or not, but I know he can also be a kick returner and punt returner as well. Did, did you watch that game, Griff, Maryland, Ohio State? Yeah, because that was one. I, I like to watch Ohio State hoping they lose. <laughs> so when that game it was one of those games, like, you know, I started watching it probably midway through the first quarter. I'm like, hey, Maryland's still in this, you know, so I'll flip to it and I started watching it. So, yeah, I, I did watch that one. Um, okay. George tight end, Nuada, we had talked about this guy. Uh, if he's, if he's anything on the team, he's just going to be a red zone threat. I don't believe he has a whole lot of speed. He's big body. Um, I believe he'd be able to use that in the red zone, but, um, maybe that's the same thing that we got Hawkinson for. So I'm not quite sure about that one. And then, uh, the last one, the defensive tackle out of Arizona. Um, he's a big body. He may be the, uh, replacement for snacks in a couple of years. I don't know if that's what they replay that they drafted him for, but uh, big body, pretty quick. Um, he's pretty quick off the ball, but uh, that might be one of those things. Where, um, he may not really see the field for a couple of years. So overall, I mean, first couple draft picks wasn't eh, kind of a hand about, but the <laughs> middle of the draft, Bryant, Awarie, uh, Fulgham, Johnson. You know, really like those picks. I'm glad, though, that you've seen Will Harris. I'm sure you've watched a lot of Clemson games. I'm sure you caught a couple Penn State games and some Ty Johnson. So those will probably be your faves because, you know, you watch the games, okay? 
But uh, just because we haven't seen the guy from Hawaii, Grifka doesn't mean anything. Yeah, he was off the radar. Everybody heard my review. If you didn't, you can go back and listen where I broke it down for 45-some minutes talking about these guys. Some of Grifka's nuggets, I'm sure, came from that podcast that he just gave you. But, uh, yeah, man, I, uh, you know, what I thought about this draft in a really small capsule was, like, it was it was a scheme draft, and it was a leadership draft, and it was a measurable slash, you know, swag kind of draft where these guys can can run fast they can hit they big they're long and they uh, fit this scheme so i think that you know they weren't the names of the fans except for a couple people uh but hey uh i've heard a good point today on the radio and whatnot people were saying remember when matt millen was drafting all these names and we were getting a's and b's and then those guys ended up being out of the league in two years like you know, maybe it's time that we start taking people that are a little off the radar, but they can play football and can uh, fit the scheme and uh, have upside. So I, f- I feel better about it the, lo- the later it's gone. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, head fake you. Like there were times in the draft where I was like, they took who or, or why they reach for that guy. But, you know, when you start digging into it a little bit more, it makes more sense. So th- I think there's some upside in this draft. There's some Diamonds, hopefully in the rough, you know, TJ Hawkinson is a guy that I have no worries about as far as like his baseline and and some of his skills, but I just, I'm curious where the ceiling is and can this guy be premier? Will he just be, you know, better than average for most of his career? I think that'll really make a big difference with this draft, but um, hey man, like you say, I thought uh, Bobby Quinn and Matt Pat looked excited about the picks, you know, I'm going to trust in them and, and think that these guys need to not only fit our scheme, but our culture. Hopefully these are culture guys, you know, a good handful of these and hopefully they can stick on the roster. So that's my uh, quick take. Drink it in, man.